number two on a Friday. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shah. Friday. It is Friday. I'm trying to like hold on to the summer vibes. Wore a uh, lilac shirt today. You did. White shorts. Did you wear uh, these colors because Dom called you out yesterday? For not wearing color. <laughs> wearing color later. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, inject some more color into my wardrobe. Good. Look beyond black t-shirts. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm very much like, you know, darker colors or like basics, Neutral. yeah. neutrals, especially during the fall and stuff like that. But summertime, yeah, it's, you know, you got to break out some blue, some green, some pink, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Reach you know? and I are uh, both doing a lot of work on our wardrobe. <laughs> you guys are. You guys are overhauling. Putting in work. Josh has been wearing a new wardrobe every day. Pretty much. Yeah. He's like he went it's shopping. It's like the first week of school for Josh. It's like he went <laughs> I'm shopping. So excited. He went and bought a bunch of stuff and he wants to wear it all in the first week. I did. I, I did. I still got more stuff to wear. I gotta wait for it to get uh a little colder. A little cooler. Any cool day. I've been I was like, going to okay, say, like, there was, there was earlier this week, Josh shows up to work in this, like, nice flannel jacket. It's very, very nice. Very clearly new. It's a flannel shacket, right? Was it? Is it clearly new? I guess it is. Yeah, I've like, never it worn it. Crisp. It looks crisp. It, it looks crisp. Like it was Al the... Borland approved. Yeah, yeah. It was borderline. It was like seventeen degrees, <laughs> a little bit, you know, overcast. It was like never cold enough to really justify wearing that. But you could tell there was excitement. It's. Yeah. A, I mean, it's a. It's a very nice jacket. I'll Thank give you. you that. That was nice. Okay, and then we had a whole debate about what a jacket is. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. It's like a jersey, you know, but a jacket. It's like half shirt, half jacket. I says pardon. <laughs> All right, it's Friday. Enough screwing around. Let's get to your questions. It's the mailbag here on Canuck Central. You know the deal. Every Friday, Sat will prompt you with a tweet at Satyar Shaw. What questions do you have for us on the Canuck Central mailbag? You send in your questions. Josh will pick the good ones. And we'll answer your questions. All right. First one comes from Ernest. What is the emergency plan for Alvin if Demko is injured again long-term and Silovs or, and or Martin can't hold the fort? Do you see them overpaying for a goalie mid-season? Overpaying? No. I mean, I think you're you're going to be cooked. Is it even worth overpaying for goaltender? Overpaying? I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, if, if you have to overpay for a goaltender, aren't you cooked pretty much? Yeah. Like, what's what's overpaying for a goal? Like, first round pick for a goaltender? Or even a second, I'd say. Yeah. Like, goalies just don't hold the same trade value as or they used to. Would a third be overpaying? Like, a Canucks? I mean, you I see, think I, so. I do. I do a third round pick. Well, like, it depends on where you're at, right? Well, yeah. No, it does. And I'd say, though, like, if you look at a lot of the players yeah. who are available and gone, the goalies who've gone, they've kind of gone for third round picks. The problem is, like, are you getting somebody that you'd be all that comfortable with anyways? Right? Who are you getting for a third-round pick? And you're going to be like, this guy's going to fix our goalie problem. Like, you're not getting Connor Hellebuck. I'll tell you that for free. Uh, yeah, not. <laughs> well, wouldn't it be free? And a third-round pick is essentially <laughs> free, right? No, I mean, uh, I- I'd say... Especially with how goalies have a hard time adjusting to a new mm-hmm. environment to begin with and everything and how complicated it is, I just don't see it. If the Canucks needed a goalie, would you give up a third-round pick for, say, a David Riddick? No. Mm, mm, no. No, I mean, it really depends. Like, okay, let's say, okay, how about I give you guys a hypothetical? Let's say the Canucks are playing really well. They're in the top three position in the division, close to the deadline. Thatcher Demko gets injured. Silov shows he's all right. Martin shows he's okay. And you're like, 
man, like Demko may not be ready until just by the end of the season or perhaps after round one of the playoffs. You don't, do you almost have a duty to get a veteran goalie? Yeah. Because like if you're going to be a playoff, yes, right. You, you almost have a duty to get a veteran to at least cover you, give you a chance if you're a clear playoff team closer to deadline. Yeah. But I think that would be an acceptable scenario to me because it's like, well, what are you going to do? Not worst case scenario, chance? You, you don't get the goalie and it all goes to the wayside yeah. and you miss the playoffs, then you're going to be ripped for and you're gonna, doing anything. Is it worth missing the playoffs when your team was a legitimate playoff team because you don't want to give up a third round pick? Right? Yeah. The Play next Yanni Yermo? Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. I, I'd, I'd, agree. I'd say under that scenario, I'd be fine with it. Just uh, clutch up and play better defense. That, that should be the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's the answer it? all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one, Fire John Schneider is their name. Um, thoughts on giving Alex... Big agree, by the way. <laughs> thoughts on giving Alex Edler a PTO? No, no. thanks. I'm well, sorry, no. Those were quick notes. Quick notes. Not even as like a haze. No. Here, it was, no. It's also disrespectful almost, I yes. think. But this is a guy who's you know going to go in the ring of honor most likely or something, right? Yep. You know, he's a Canucks leader scoring in all defenseman points. in uh, Canucks history. Hey, hey, come on a PTO to see if you're going to be the seventh defenseman or eighth defenseman on the team. No, it doesn't make any sense. So even like you wouldn't bring him on as like a one year league minimum. No. Okay. One year league. I mean, okay. But here's, here's the thing. Like if he doesn't make the team, you sign him to a contract and all of a sudden he's going to go to Abbotsford. Like, he's not going to do that. Well, I don't think you like, I think you would keep him on the team. Like the benefit you would get from that is you can send guys like Hirose down you want yeah. yeah but you're also gonna at some point have to deal with you know waivers on some guys like you do you like Noel Yulson do you like you know sure. uh, Wolanin for instance look I I get it and Alex Adler is pro like at the very least he's a debatable ring of honor level of player for this organization had been Canucks fans in general I have never seen a market that wants to bring back players as much as this market does how many times have we talked about bringing back Troy Stetcher? Bring back Alex Edler. Bring back this guy. Stop it. Like they, especially some of these players from recent years. They were part of some of the worst Canuck teams you've ever seen. You want to bring them back? No. <laughs> you don't want to see Emerson Needham? Well, you're just pulling names out. Emerson Needham, Lyndon Vay. No, we're good. Too oh, much Puck Doku. I, yeah, I, I was really into Lyndon Vay. This guy's going to be good. Couldn't I was skate. wrong. Couldn't skate. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Uh, Somebody texting bet- in. Please stop. <laughs> I bet these people will get back together with their exes a lot. He was an okay defenseman. He's 100. Yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> only, like, the only guy that I would entertain bringing back is Chris Tanner. Tanev? Well, not on a PT. I mean, yeah. Not on a PTO. I thought you were going to say I mean, Jared McCann. But even well, he or, scored or 40 Jared goals McCann. last year. Sure. Yeah. Now, there's he, a guy you might want to bring back. Like, you're not getting Tanev unless you're giving up a first-round pick next year at the deadline. Yeah. It's like, just not obvious, happening. Obvious. But, it's, but next year as a free agent, depending on what the Canucks do, him on a one- or two-year deal, okay. Like, I'm interested in that. If you're signing Ian Cole, for instance, who's, what, 30-whatever, to a one-year yeah. deal, can you do the same with Tanev? Would you replace Tyler Myers' spot next year with Chris Tanev? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'd be like fine with that. Now. For one-year deal, maybe two max? Okay, yeah. sure. Like, you don't have a right-shot defenseman that's stepping into that role, at least not on the radar right now. I so. think ideally... With the Canucks, I mean, you could tell they were after Severson to yeah. some degree. Didn't get him. I think they're looking to see if they can get, get a long-term solution. These are short-term solutions. Next one, Austin and Langley. Will the Canucks let Tyler Myers play on the Hirose pair this year? I love that it's already the Hirose pair. <laughs> I mean, that would be ideal, wouldn't it? In terms of like where Myers plays. And Hirose can you know really calm Myers down and, and really help him, lift yep. him up. 
That's, a, that's exactly what I think of when I think Tyler Myers on the ice is calm. No, no, Hirose would have that impact, you know, because mm. Hirose is so good. Because Hirose is like the max, like, they're like yin and yang. Yeah. Hirose is like zen, and then Myers is just all chaos. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, it, it's interesting. Like, what they do with that third pair, because, look, Myers isn't playing a majority of his minutes with Quinn Hughes. We know that. Yeah. Um, that job, the left shot third pair role for this team going into this season it's um it's a massive argument going into training camp who is there to start the season there's a few different ways they can go with it but pairing somebody up with Tyler Myers is not necessarily an easy task no I mean so Myers okay so what would have to happen for Myers to be in your top four next season like so I I think it would mean Myers probably plays the fourth most minutes yeah, because of PK. Yeah. Um, yeah, be on behind, the second unit PK. Behind Hughes, Hronik, Cole, and... Yeah. With the, does Susie play more than Myers? I feel I like so. Susie plays more than Myers. I don't think so. I don't know. It depends. Because like, like, Susie's going to be on the PK, too. But yeah. the only righty defenseman you have behind Hronik is Myers. Unless sure. you go Noah Juleson. Yeah. Like, to that point, because of usage... Like I, I'm My- Myers will take some... like. He'll play a little bit with Hughes, like situationally. They they tend to do that sometimes here and there. But like Myers always finds his way to 20 minutes, 20, 20 plus minutes a game. And yeah. Susie has never been, as we talked about when they signed him, he's never been close to that. So I'd be curious to see how that happens. One thing I wonder is like, do we end up seeing Susie and Myers as a pair together? Somebody just texted that in and said twin towers together, yeah. right? And I'd say, um, <sighs> Like maybe I think if Noah Juleson wins the sixth spot and he plays, he starts the year with Quinn, and then you have Susie playing with Myers and Cole playing with Peronic. The only thing I worry about is like how do you get out of your zone with That's those two point. guys up together? They might defend well, but I may have a hard time getting out both yeah, of them. Right? That's a fair point. I think Myers has to play significantly better for that to be able to happen. It would probably be more sheltered minutes for those two, though. Well, and also what, what that would have to mean is if you put Susie with Myers, I mean Susie didn't grab a spot with neither Quinn nor Heronic. Yeah, and that means there's somebody in addition to Ian Cole. Who is stepping into your top four? Who is that? Is it Hirose? Is it Wolanin? Is it Breezebois? Like, is it Rathbone? So for Susie to be on your third pair with Myers, that means, I mean, I guess it would be a good thing because somebody would have stepped up to grab that. I just, I'm not, those guys are hoping to make the team. I'm not sure they're going to be cracking the top four right away. All right. Next one comes from Corbin. Is Mike Babcock's career officially finished? Not officially. Not yet. No. Um, But is this the end? So one of the question marks I have about this right now, no matter, like, I don't know how the investigation is going to play out, and it's almost unfair to speculate, but I, I, the question I've been asking myself is, how do you come back from this? At least with this team, you know, like, quite clearly, there's a few players that didn't love what happened in some of those meetings. So you've had Johnny Gaudreau and the captain Boone Jenner sort of back up the coach and be like, no, we were totally fine with everything we spoke about with this guy. And then behind the scenes, there's other players that are like, absolutely not. This felt, (laughs) this was weird. This is a violation. And so it's sort of creating a weird dynamic already for this team, trying to go in with a new coach I'm, I'm kind of wondering how you come back from this if you are 
Mike Babcock with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, based on, I think Dreger mentioned, there's a chance that Babcock may lose his job. Yeah. I mean, when when the guy starts throwing that out there, that probably tells you this could go really sideways yeah. for him quickly. And it almost I, feels like you could try it, but is you know, it's kind of like, all right, we're trying to get it. this back on the rails. Yeah. Now. What's it concerning might. is it's dragging on as long as it has. Yes. It felt like it was pretty simple. Show some pictures from your summer, how you spent your summer with your family, but now it's dragging on all week. Yeah, and it does kind of become like a power dynamic thing and also your privacy because I, I thought about it as, well, if all they did was send each other photos or show a photo, like what's the big deal if that's all it was but then the more I thought about it was if let's say he was like hey show me a picture of your family and, and, and one of the players brings it up on his phone and he's like oh give me your phone and he grabs the player's phone looks at the photo and scrolls through a few photos have you ever given your phone to somebody yeah. To show something. It's never and then, comfortable. And it's never comfortable. Like, I hope they don't like, you know, you know, keep scrolling or something. <laughs> just just look at that picture. Don't do yeah. anything else. Like I don't if, know what screenshots I got in there. Who knows, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Or even some a message may pop up or mm-hmm. something you don't want somebody to see. So it's it's very uncomfortable if you ever show your phone to somebody. You know what I mean? So especially this younger generation, I could see if that happened, yeah. especially with the power dynamic, a player may have felt like, why is this guy going through my phone? Like this is uncomfortable. Especially- if that's how they feel, then they actually have a pretty good case of a guy using his authority to invade your privacy. Yeah. Usually people get terminated when they do that stuff, that stuff right? And uh, not not that I've ever done this before, but, you know, have you ever, like, had a group chat with friends about your manager at work? <laughs> not, like, specifically about that, but you'll make you'll crack jokes here and there. We do it about Cam all the time. So Yeah, yeah. Just, just jokes. Yeah, we, we're just we, joking. Yeah. <laughs> do it to his face. Yeah, we do it to his face, too. Well, but, then that, respectfully. Um, <laughs> You know what I mean, right? Like, this is your life, and, you know, you guys might have some jokes that are flying around in there and stuff like that. Maybe there's a Babcock meme somewhere in the camera roll, and it's just like, you want to see that, Babs? Like, really? Yeah. Come on. Get out of here. It's it, it, it's just a very strange situation that, for some people, is a very clear, or can be a very clear invasion of privacy. Yeah. Is he worth the hassle? <laughs> I don't know. It's right? starting to become a hassle. Yeah. Um, is he that good of a, like, is any coach worth that? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, basketball, Phil. Will the Blue Jays make the playoffs? And will Schneider be the fall guy if they don't? Uh, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, hey, hope to be How proven wrong. How do you wrong. lose, like, hey, biggest series of the year, four games against your wild card opponent or one of the teams you are fighting directly with for the wild card at home, and you lose all four? Because you're a pretender. You know how hard it is to lose all four baseball games yeah. in a four-game series? It's so hard. They had never done it in their franchise history in September before. Oh. They got mopped. Yeah. <laughs> it's never happened before in their history. That, that's what happened. Four-game sweeps, they just don't no. happen. I mean, if, even against like the worst team in baseball, they'll find a way to win one. Yes. And the Rangers, like they couldn't pitch at all coming into the series. But let me tell you, if you got a team that's struggling with their pitching and defense, oh, the yeah. Blue Jays are the cure. Yeah, get out of jail free card. I will say this. I think John Schneider's made some questionable decisions. I will, however, say that I don't think his decision-making, and I'm not a reporter, I'm just saying based on, you know, how they've gone about this, is that they're basing a lot of their decisions off analytics. Yeah. And I think management is very much involved in a lot of their decision-making. They work together with stuff. So I think if you're getting rid of John Schneider, you're getting rid of a symptom of the problem. 
I don't think he should be the fall guy. I have my questions about his overall acumen and stuff, but I think there are good things that he's able to do, but I think he's very analytical, but that's also an organizational mandate, and management's very much involved in making sure they follow certain guidelines and how they're aligned on doing things. So I think if you're if you're mad at Schneider, for instance, for not playing Davis Schneider that game or whatever, I don't think that decision happens independent independently. I think those types of decisions happen because management's on board with that. And they believe in their analytics so much that they want to sit the hottest hitter in baseball because they felt like he was in a good matchup. Um, Whether it's John Schneider, like to me, it more feels like this should land on Ross Atkins. And if the new guy wants to move on from John Schneider, then he absolutely should be able to. Yeah. Glick, maybe Glick should be the guy. Um, I just like you've ushered in a, an incredibly talented Blue Jays team, but they've constantly underachieved over these last couple of years, and you haven't been able to maximize these early prime years of Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So, tough look for Ross Atkins and the Blue Jays. And they came into this year, they knew they were missing a bat, they knew they were missing some certain things, and they didn't address them in the offseason, and it's affected them all season long. That to me is a failure on the general manager as much as it is on anybody else uh one cdn from a fan's perspective would you rather a follow a team that has an incredible regular season but blows it repeatedly in the playoffs like the maple leafs or b follow a team that has a good regular season and chokes before making it to the playoffs like the blue jays I'd much rather have a team underachieving the playoffs. Man, it's way too much Toronto talk right now on the mailbag. Yeah, wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you much rather have a team that underachieves in the playoffs than like chokes and not makes the playoffs? Yeah. I'd rather have hope than no hope. Yeah, and I mean, and eventually, like a lot of those teams can break through. I mean, the Leafs, you know, notwithstanding, perhaps they don't. <laughs> but usually, you see teams go through that. Like the Capitals, forever were the team that lost in the first round. Forever. Yeah. People made fun of them. Underachievers, underachievers. You knock on the door enough, eventually you break through. People take for granted just like how tough it is to be consistently good for a long time. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, the Penguins making the playoffs for like, what, 16, 17 straight years. Uh, Even the San Jose Sharks uh, that made it to a Stanley Cup final and not much else. But like, how many years did they, like, consecutively, they were just one of the best teams in hockey over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And, yeah, playoff disappointment. I get that, and it sucks every time that happens. But uh, it's tough because once you've had a team that's good for so long in the regular season, if you don't have any playoff success, apathy can start to set in as a fan because it's like, well, just show me when it actually matters. I'm tired of, like, getting excited over and over again. All right, next one. Leo, can the Browns actually win in Pittsburgh this Sunday? Yes, they can. Um, now, before the season, I did, you know, I went through the Browns schedule and, you know, try to predict how they would go. I had them beating the Bengals because, again, they beat the Bengals. It's been six games in a row at home they beat the Bengals. They always beat the Bengals at home. So I had them beating the Bengals. I had them losing on the road in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Given how Pittsburgh played in week one, and again, it's early in the NFL season and how Cleveland played, I. If I'm wagering, and I'm probably not, but if I'm wagering, I'm probably wagering on Cleveland to win this game. I think they can absolutely win. I don't know if they'll win for sure, but I think they can absolutely win on the road. Why not? The uh, the Browns, uh, look, anytime you go into Pittsburgh, it's going to be uh, tough. Uh, and divisional matchup, there's always weird things that could happen. Browns are a better team than mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is. Pittsburgh's defense wasn't good enough last week. Their offense, as much hype as they got over the course of the summer, didn't really show much. And I don't know if this is anti-Canadian, but they've got one of the worst offensive coordinators in the league in Matt Canada. 
Who but doesn't he's not know Canadian, how to, though. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, he just, he just uses But his the name, name is Canada. Yeah, so but he's like... not Canadian, so I don't care. <laughs> I don't know how you can have an offensive coordinator in the NFL that doesn't know how to use George Pickens. Like, it drives me crazy. Just like sending him on go routes all the time. Well, what are we doing here? You've got one. This guy's a... Run a slant or he's something. He's unbelievable. Let him run some routes. Like, why are you just sending this guy up the sideline all the time? Uh, anyways, um, I think Pittsburgh uh, is going to be off to a tough start before they get it on. Uh, probably back close to 500 by the end of the season. Then they're losing. They don't have Cam Hayward, too. Yeah. It's a big loss in their defense. Justin and Ian East fan. What is your favorite Adam Sandler movie? Ooh. Probably Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Billy Madison's close to me because I love Billy Madison. Billy Madison's a great, great one. Yeah. Um, everybody remembers the scene at the end. Uh, but like Adam Sandler, Sneaky has a ton of really good movies. Oh, yeah. And, and across some genres too, like sneakily some like... He's kind of like... Um, He's movie version of Eminem. <laughs> movie version of Eminem. Where he's got like some like really stupid, I have to do this for the mainstream and for like uh, to get a top hit on radio kind of songs. Right, right. Um, but then there's also some like real great movies in there too. And, you know, um, whether it was Click or uncut gems was a recent one that was really good i still get anxiety like, thinking about that movie he's got some he's got some real like under the radar great movies adam sandler does and like quality acting in it as well where he's not just the normal weirdo guy like he is in billy madison or you know little nicky or the water boy oh, or yeah. anything like that and in one of my favorite movies of his was punch drunk love with philip seymour hoffman too and emily Watt watson that was a really good movie spanglish that was underrated really good yeah. movie Mine, uh, is, uh, mine is Click. Click my is favorite good. Adam Sandler movie. It's so sad. I, dude, it is I very cry sad. It's watching depressing. an Adam Sandler movie. I told Dom this before, uh, like, while he was here when the question came in. He was he was roasting me, and I was like, dude, you haven't watched Click, man. Yeah. It gets him. Uh, Happy Gilmore is, is fantastic. Uh, it was filmed in Vancouver. I can watch it over and over and over again. It's one of the most rewatchable movies yeah. that's ever been made. So I'm going to say... Um, I'm going to say Happy Gilmore. As much as I liked Uncut Gems, it's like it's one of those movies you can only watch once. Yeah. Because it's so anxiety inducing. You do not want to watch it a second yeah, time. Yeah, I'm good. I don't need to watch it. <laughs> oh, and, and uh, shout out to Rain Over Me, too. That was another good movie. Rain 50 over First Dates. Really good movie. Also good. Yeah. 50 First Dates. Yeah. Uh, this one, Discount Dracula. Have you ever been in a luxurious rooftop swimming pool? Yes. Oh, of course that has. They uh, they had one at my all inclusive resort in Mexico back in August. I did not go to it once. So. Really? Yeah. Not even just to like check it out. It was weird. It, they did like foam parties and stuff in there, and oh. I was just like, "This, uh, I'm not too old crowd. for this." So. I <laughs> yeah, I was I was a bit younger, but yeah, in Vegas. Vegas? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that would be where I would do it. Yeah. I have never been to Vegas. Like technically, like I've been to like pools for like really like luxurious pools and really nice buildings, but technically not like the rooftop of it. Yeah. But like yep. it's been like the secondary roof kind of, but yeah. not technically the rooftop. Not ground floor, but no, but like yeah, definitely elevated. But yeah. Yeah. Um I think like rooftop pools overrated. Anyways. Uh we'll end with this one on the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber Text line. Uh, do you like shaved roast beef sandwiches? 
depends. It really depends. Depends. Are we talking about like Montreal? No, that's that's different. I was thinking yeah. Montreal smoked meat. Yeah. No, I'm gonna say depends. Like it depends on like what you make it with. Mm-hmm. Because like I'm not always big on roast beef sandwiches. Yeah. Like a. Like a, a dip sandwich. Like a beef dip. Like a oh, beef yeah. dip. Beef dip is good. Beef dip is good. I will say roast beef sandwiches in general are probably one of my least go-to. <laughs> it's like tuna's at the bottom. Roast beef is right next to above it. that. You got to do it well. You know, you got to toast the bread. You got to get a good cheese. You can't just like slap roast beef on a sandwich, on a, on two pieces of bread with a little bit of mustard and be like, yeah, this is going to. It's going to satisfy my food craving right Can't now. Can't put it on toast bread. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Toast bread. Got to have some, like, nice bread, you know? It's got some crunch to it. Yeah. Soft on the middle. Some crunch on the outside. Toast bread is... Toast bread is good. Or just a good bun. Yeah. Good bun. Good bun, too. A nice bunny, you know? I'm big on... You know what? That's really, like, underrated. Making, like, a, a cold-cut sandwich mm. on, like, a brioche bun. Mm. It's a little sweet, too. Dude. Very tasty. Yes. Very tasty. Brioche buns are the most underrated yeah. bun in general. Very tasty. Love a brioche bun. Uh, all right. That's it for the mailbag. We'll have some uh, mailbag overflow, potentially, coming up. Uh, but also more as we get into next week here on Canucks Central. Uh, one more thought, because we, we have a lot of reaction to the... Uh, Adam Sandler movies mm-hmm. and this person because they kept texted in numerous times. Boys, what about Hustle and Hustle? Hustle is also a really good movie. I don't even know what Hustle is. I'm gonna have to look that. You up haven't watched Hustle? I don't think so. Really? It's on Netflix. The, the NBA player. Yeah. Oh, never mind. I've seen You've it. You've seen it. Yeah. It's it's basically just a Rocky movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. It's a good movie. I mean, I don't know if it's again. I don't think it's one of his best or my favorite, yeah. but it it is a good, it is a good shout nonetheless. Uh, Dan Richo, Satyar Shah, you are listening to Canuck Central. The most opinionated Canucks show out there. Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drans. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.